0: We're, we're not your normal SEC show. I'm sure you've already figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> all right, pleased to be joined by Joe Cook inside Texas. Just met you, and we're welcoming you to the SEC. I know it's a, it's a year early, mm-hmm. but, hey, there's the Alabama game we're all excited about. So how, how's the SEC treating you so
1: far? It's been great. Uh, I really look forward to this trip and uh, knew that there'd be a lot of intrigue. I know it's a big year for the league, but, uh, I think this is, you know, having Texas presence here and having Texas at even uh, spring meetings kind of is a first sign for a lot of people that this is real, this is less than 365 days away, and yeah. uh, especially that Alabama game. That will be a real first, first real sign uh, of Texas traveling into SEC territory and starting to become a real member of the league.
0: You know, one of the things we talked
1: about is hopefully we don't lose this season because everybody's talking about next year what the playoff's going to look like, Texas and Oklahoma coming in. What is what is Texas – I mean, what is that mentality right now? Like, hey, we got one more and then we're going over. Or is it – are we not even focused? We're just dialed in to the Big 12 play. So, if you remember that June day where they released the opponents for 2024 <laughs> – all the Texas players and Steve Sarkeesian tweeted out the 2023 schedule. Yeah. And they're showing that they're trying to keep their focus on the 2023 schedule. And Steve Sarkeesian's been speaking in April, right. in May, even the past couple of weeks at the Big 12 Media Days and other events to where, you know, that's that's exciting. It's fun that we're going to be there. But Texas in the Big 12 in 2023, and their goal is to leave the Big 12 as champions like they entered as champions in yeah. 96. It's to leave as champions like they left the Southwest Conference as, as champions in 95. Um, they're they're building the program, I think, in a way that tries to set them up well for a future in the SEC, but they're trying to win the Big 12 before right. because that's the league they're members of right now. How big is that Week 2
0: game, though, at Alabama? I mean, they should have beat Alabama last year, in, in my opinion, and we thought yeah. – Texas was going to get their ass kicked. Now, yeah. I'll just tell you, we thought mm. we there no Vegas shot, did too. no shot against Alabama, and they, and like I said, they should have beat them. Uh, what, how big of a measuring stick, or is it? Do you think for Steve Sarkisian and his program, week two going because it is at Alabama. I mean, mm. it, they'll be a, a huge underdog again, but that doesn't mean there's a lot of doubt on Alabama too.
1: So, how much of a measuring stick is that game? Do you think it, it definitely is one? It's the strongest. Uh, it's easily the strongest team on their schedule because um, their non-conference this year is Rice and then Wyoming, and those are two teams that are at various stages of, of the uh, group of five. Um, the next best team on their schedule may be Oklahoma, or it could be Kansas State. So they're going to know right away whether uh, all their preparations and all their uh, you know expectations are going to be how attainable I guess they're going to be. Luckily for Texas last year, uh, that game didn't count towards conference play. Luckily for them this year, it didn't count towards conference play, so if they can't leave Bryant Denny with the win, yeah, they'll know, and they would prefer to leave with the win, obviously. But um, it it is a good way to to measure up how they they feel they're going to be able to operate in the SEC because it's going to include a lot of linemen that Steve Sarkeesian and Kyle Flood recruited. Um, very different than the way Tom Herman recruited linemen, Gets a lot more bigger-bodied guys. It's mm-hmm. going to test a, a defensive front that returns a lot of players, uh, but doesn't have you know outstanding edge rushers. Um, and it's going to be a big test for Quinn Ewers because he doesn't have the crutch of B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson to lean on like he did last year. He's going to have to do his. Fair share, a little bit more than he did last year, leading the offense. So, uh, and there's no better secondary to test that out against in Alabama uh, this upcoming year. So, it should be a real, real big way to see if they're they're ready. But at the same time, it's not going to be a you know be all end all for what their 2023 looks yeah. like.
0: Hey, we got a lot of Aggie
1: followers. Mm-hmm. How bad do you want to kick their ass? <laughs> 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 there, are, there are so many people who are glad that's game that game is back because the best way I can think about describing it is let's say you live in mobile yeah. and okay. It's Thanksgiving. You got the Turkey out, you cook, you go to bed, you wake up and you're watching the iron bowl. Yeah. You can set your calendar to it every single year. And for the past 10 years, you haven't been able to do that. I know Texas a and tried to replicate that with LSU. And right. there's been some pretty impressive games, but that, that, that is one sided yeah. LSU. From my perspective, doesn't view texas a&m the same way that texas a&m views lsu and for as many people want to say oh we don't care "Oh, will let them go "Oh, will let them be we're better no the, the this game is so it's it's perfect that it's back it needed yeah. to happen it needed to be a conference game it didn't need to be a low level bowl or anything like that it needed to be a conference game and i think if you ask a lot of texas fans they don't mind the fact that the first one's in college station They're just glad that it's it's back. back, They they didn't clamor for anything and, hey Ross Bjork did and he got his way and good for him uh but <laughs> they're already talking they're already I talking but, but there are so many people that are glad it's back they don't care whether it's I, they would prefer for it to be on Thanksgiving of the day after Thanksgiving uh I think that's where it should be and it's that level of rivalry for the people of in, in Texas uh just because it's been around so long it's been you know neighbor versus neighbor all those different yeah. qualifications that you haven't been able to have the bragging rights about in, in 10 years and they've played baseball they've played basketball they've played other sports but there's, there's only one yeah. place where it really matters and that's yeah. on the football field
0: well obviously that Texas A&M game that's the one Texas fans are, are looking forward to the most in conference but aside from that who is that second team you think is it an Arkansas is it Bama is it maybe even Georgia or Tennessee who, who did Texas fans, are they most looking forward to playing in the SEC?
1: Obviously, Texas has a long history with Arkansas, Southwest Conference days, you know, game of the century with President Nixon there, yeah. all those different uh, matchups that they've had over the years. I think Frank Broyles and Darryl Royal retired on the same day. Yep. So there's history there. Uh, But I think there's just a lot of intrigue for Texas fans, not on one particular team. Uh, Of course, having Georgia in Austin in 2024 is going to be a really fun game and one that's going to bring, you know, I know Dog Nation travels, but Texas doesn't sell its tickets pretty easy to opposing fans. Uh, But I think there's just intrigue about being able to go to places like Oxford. Texas went in, I think, 2012 played and won a game there uh they haven't been to Starkville since I think the late 90s uh I don't think they've ever been to Knoxville and they haven't been to Gainesville since World War II so Mm -hmm. there's so many different places that Texas either hasn't been in a long time or has never really been that that's what's got them interested Arkansas is going to be a fun matchup that's still going to be a rivalry uh, it, it, it was, is, continues to be. Uh, but I think just the idea of being able to go to so many new places and see you know, why the SEC has a network, why yeah. there's that SEC podcast, all these different things, that's what has Texas fans really excited. Yeah. And uh, you know, the athletic department's pretty happy about a nice windfall that will be coming its way <laughs> down the road as well.
0: How, how big is this year for Sark? And I realize you don't cover A&M, but also for Jimbo. Uh, like a year ago, if I would ask you who's more likely to win an SEC title first, Texas or a and M, I I think everybody would have said a and i A&M. I'm asking SEC people now, a lot of them are saying Texas because of the momentum, but that can flip quickly. If they don't win the Big 12, if they stub their toe, mm-hmm. if A&M has a big year, how big is this for Sarkeesian and company with a season to come before going to the
1: SEC? It's a it's a really big one. I mean, you look at both A&M, you look at Texas, they're at very crucial junctures and. The direction of both their programs. Of course, Steve Sarkeesian's in about to enter year three. Had a very dismal year one, and year ones are always difficult. And improved in year two. Uh, Steve or Jimbo Fisher had a five and seven season in mm-hmm. his fifth year. So these are very big uh, junctures for both teams to prove that they're on the right trajectory. And Texas seems to be moving a little bit better in that trajectory now, record-wise at least, compared to A and M. And that's going to have effects in state in recruiting because. Texas, obviously, is a hotbed of talent. Has great quarterback talent, great receiver talent, great cornerback talent. And so, those are key positions in in this league and in in, in any league. So, whoever is going to be able to show progress this year will have a leg up on being able to get some of those talents. Similar goes for Oklahoma. They had a very disappointing year last year. Again, year ones are tough when you're rebuilding or restarting a program, in essence. They go to Dallas and Fort Worth and even Houston a lot. They recruit they recruit Austin, which is a very interesting dynamic to think about. Uh, it's a big year for them to show that Brent Venables has progress because if none of those three teams really do a whole lot, uh, nothing impressive. You know, if, if none of those teams are truly competing for a conference title this year, well, that means Bama can come in as they have in years past. They've gotten guys like the Brocker Myers, who wow. I know one transferred out, Jalen Milroe, who could start at quarterback. He's at Alabama. Uh, even looking at places like, uh, you know, Georgia has started to come into Texas and grab some top talent. seen played uh, for uh, a school in, in Dallas after moving down from New England. So it's a really big year because if none of those three teams show a lot of progress, then teams like Alabama, teams like Georgia, teams like LSU, especially in the Houston area, can come in and start grabbing more guys. And that's not to say of what programs like Texas Tech and Baylor and TCU can try to do to to prove that even in the Big 12 that they're a place to go for talent within the state of Texas so it's massive because if uh, none of these teams are able to show a lot of momentum then it's going to have its effect on the recruiting trail I know Texas has done well A&M obviously had its historic class a couple years ago but now recruits want to see those results and see what comes to bear on the football field from those classes
0: how big of a believer are you in viewers because I didn't start just the other day said hey if all goes according to plan he will be a first round pick I don't know if he was saying right away but obviously I gotta ask you about Arch Manning because yeah. that's a, yeah. that's a big storyline but if Arch Manning let's say he starts a game does that that probably means Texas did not live up to the expectations do you think that's fair or what's your thoughts on that
1: you know if Arch Manning starts a game probably means two quarterbacks got hurt I think right now Arch is he's, he's going to be contending for the backup quarterback position uh, this spring, or this fall with Malik Murphy, who had a real impressive uh, uh, spring game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, if Arch is starting games, that either means that his development curve was like a rocket ship or that Quinn Ewers and Malik Murphy got hurt. Um, as far as Quinn Ewers goes, I, it, I, it's really easy to doubt him. I, I get it. You know, He skipped his senior year of high school, didn't do more than be on the scout team at Ohio State. Um, that's two years of real football. And that's, you know, you have to think about a little bit being on the scout team at Ohio State, but still, it's only just a scout team. They were concerned about Justin Fields and CJ Stroud yeah. uh, when when he was there, if, if they even overlapped. So he arrives at Texas, wins a quarterback battle, um, and he has, you know, he goes through a problem right away with this injury he suffered when Dallas Turner drove him to the turf in Austin, comes back and tears up Oklahoma and probably thinks this is just like when I was throwing it around DFW and (laughs) and competing for the state title. Gets a little bit in his own head. Uh, Mechanics suffer. Uh, The team doesn't do as well. And I think at a certain point, Sarkeesian realizes, okay, again, I got Bijan Robinson. I got Roshan Johnson. I'm going to use these guys. And and Quinn maybe lost a little bit of confidence. We did hear over at inside Texas that uh, he had a really good uh, month of bowl preparation. Um, He, he had to do a lot because Bijan and Roshan weren't in that game passing game had a lot more pressure on it and he did well but he still played like a freshman uh true freshman even even though he had that year at Ohio State so the expectations are high and I think when you go back to uh early in the winter to seeing him shave the mullet and and shave his beard and kind of look more presentable you know it's not like he's um it it, it doesn't mean that he's like okay new person but it does show a little bit of like a you know what i'm a i'm here to take this seriously i'm here for people to know me because i throw the football not because i have a mullet and a weird looking beard yeah and i think he's (laughs) taken that uh onto the football field um it's why steve sarkeesian named of a starter exiting spring ball didn't even leave really the potential of a quarterback competition there for the fall camp and uh, by all accounts, he's, he's done everything he's needed to do so far, uh, but now the next step for him is to go win games and to be the quarterback that everybody from you know the ranking services to all the schools that uh, offered him believed him to be in high school.
0: If Texas beats Alabama in Tuscaloosa, I know that's a big if, but if they do it, is it fair to set the expectation that they should make the college football playoff?
1: Probably. If if they can take down Alabama in Tuscaloosa, it's hard for me to see a team on their schedule that can take them down uh, in a similar way because aside from that trip to Alabama, Texas only leaves the state of Texas one other time this year, and that's to go play at Iowa State. They still have to go to Baylor, which is a team that's going to want to beat them. Still have to go to TCU, again, a team that's going to want to beat them, and they have to go to Houston. Those aren't the most, you know, Rowdiest of environments, but they are going to be rowdy that day for when they're there, and there's still something to be said about their home field advantage. But there's going, they're not going to have to have this like major travel schedule. Yeah, uh, they only play. Houston's the only new team in the Big Twelve that they play. Um, and honestly, I was surprised when he said this in May at a uh, alumni event in in Houston. Steve Sarkeesian said, "You know, we play U of H this year. Wouldn't it be nice if we played in Houston twice this year?" And I kind of did the mental math and realized, oh, the national championship game's in Houston this year. <laughs> and that's not something you really hear from, from Sarkeesian often. Right. I think he he understands that the expectations are to win a conference title this year um, and or to, at the very minimum, be in that game and competing in it. Uh, but to hear him just climb that top turnbuckle and go that far up, that was that was a shock to me. But I think that kind of indicates where he thinks the team could go if everything fires on all cylinders.
0: Yeah. Hey, I don't know if you can, you can tell, but we like to eat. <laughs> we come down to
1: Austin for some SEC football. Where where do we have to go? All right, barbecue wise, the my favorite place a place called Terry Black's. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, it's it's one of the best. Uh, there's lines out the door, but it's worth waiting for. Um, there's also La Barbecue's good, Franklin's good, uh, but it's it's a it's a little bit of a tourist trap. And that's not to say that its food is. Uh, it's barbecue is bad, but it's, it's I think you can find better stuff without having to wait all day. Tex-Mex, if you can get into Matt's El Rancho, that's the place to go. Uh, grow, I grew up in Houston, yeah. big Tex-Mex town there, and I think Matt's <laughs> has it beat. Um, and, and there's a lot of different places. Um, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a growing food city. Um, if you're trying to look at the tailgate scene, the, the three or the four main ones I know of are Schultz's, Beer Garden, which has a bowling alley and is one of the oldest establishments in Texas, uh, Posse East, Crown and Anchor, and then uh, Haymaker uh, just on the other side of 35. So those, are, those would be my top tailgate places uh, Terry Black's for barbecue, and then Matzel Rancho for Tex Mex.
0: <laughs> well, we're planning the first time that Texas and Oklahoma meet as SEC opponents in uh, the the world yeah. what does texas state fair mm-hmm. how do how should we plan to make the most of that first time at that event
1: man so that's my favorite day of work every single really? year like i i drive up to dallas and i get there and i am just so excited to get there at 7 30 a.m and it hopefully they they keep it at an 11 a.m kick that's a game that uh because a little bit of the surrounding area because of the tradition, that needs to be during the daytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you go there. Uh, if you're sitting in the stands, uh, before you make your stop in the stands, you buy some state fair tickets and you get yourself a beer, <laughs> get yourself a corn dog, yeah. and you just get ready for that game. And Sounds great already. Keep going. When you go into the Cotton Bowl, they have updated it some in recent years. But every seat's the same. There may be about 100 luxury seats in the whole stadium, and nobody cares because they're there just for that game. And mm-hmm. it is, I, I think, maybe SEC fans may be familiar with the, the, the cocktail party yeah. and how they split it long ways. And it's in a pro stadium. I know it used to be in the Gator Bowl, but now it's in wherever M&T Bank, wherever yeah. uh, the Jaguars play now. Right. Um, it, it is way different, and it is the most passionate, I think, both fan ba- fo- both fan bases get on a given year. And they're, the Texas runs out of the tunnel. They're surrounded by Oklahoma. They hear just a chorus of boos, and then they get to a certain point about the 40-yard line where it's all cheers. Yeah. And you can be on your own end zone. And it could be dead quiet, and then you can drive, and you can be on the opposing the opponent's one yard line, and it's like you're playing at a at a road environment. Yeah. There, there's truly nothing like it. Um, and I remember one of the best stories I've I've heard about the Red River Shootout is that Bo Schinbeckler, Michigan head coach, after he retired, he started doing some work for ABC Sports, and they asked him, you know, what do you want to do? What are some of the assignments you want? You kind of get to call the shots, Bo. And he said, I want to go to Texas, Oklahoma. And I think he made a remark like, "I, I you know, he coached Michigan, Ohio State. Those are the 10-year war or whatever he had with Woody Hayes. And he says there's nothing like this in all of college football. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It is truly about 47,000 per side, and it is, it is my favorite day of work every single year. That's awesome.
0: Well, Joe, we appreciate you shedding some light on Texas. We're, we're kind of ignorant when it comes to Texas, but we promise we're going to study them up this year. It's great to welcome you to the SEC. Before you go, can you tell the audience where to find all your work?
1: Yeah, we're part of On3. Head to InsideTexas.com, uh, where all our social channels are Inside Texas, no spaces. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter. I'm at JosephCook89. All right. great. All right, thank you. Thank you so Absolutely, much. Absolutely. Thank you.